llegando a usted desde los estudios de Proyecto Seon. Con vistas a la gran superficie prístina del pueblo de Primavera. Saludos desde esta joya escondida del Valle de Blackstone. Estás escuchando a expertos de nada con Mikey J. Oh, hey, hey. that was Consuela. Hey, Consuela. Consuela, our, our receptionist here at the Eon Project. What and, a great uh, job. You know, it's Christmas. It's a giving time of year, so I figured I'd let her get on the air. Thank you, Consuela. Feliz Navidad. Thank you. Well, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project. We have an exciting episode for you this week, as we always do. We However, do, yes. special episode this week. Yep. It's our annual, which will soon be annual next year when we do it again. Our Christmas episode, yay! Oh, hooray. Hooray for Christmas. So everything that we talk about today, well, not everything as we normally do, but many of the things we're going to talk about today have to do with Christmas. Christmas-themed, uh, origins of Christmas, the pagan origins of Christmas, Christmas spooky stories. Yeah, all sorts of Christmas-related things. And you know how I know it's Christmas? Because it's a giving time of year. Yes. Um, I, I seen a, uh, a gentleman this morning, 8, o'clock, in the, 8 o'clock this morning, bringing my, bringing my kids to school. He's walking down the main road mm-hmm. with a unopened uh, 30 pack of natty light he's you know what did you follow him i want to go and i'm thinking going. where's this guy coming from and then 10 <laughs> feet o'clock down in the, the road <laughs> the liquor store was open really it said holiday hours open at 7 a.m well you know the people got to get their keystone ice oh, yeah, early in the morning it, gotta get it early well, real early last week we talked about a bunch of different stuff yep that was related to some other things that i don't know and some other things i don't and, remember uh, paranormal events yeah and some uh, no no we had uh we, we had a uh and fun and uplifting show last week. we talked about superstitions we did. And where they came from. The origins of them. Pretty good feedback on the show. Things. We got some new listeners. We did. So welcome to everyone who is uh, now finding our show. Yep. And well, I don't know how you're finding our show. Welcome uh, to the listener we had in Zaire. Hey! And Cameroon. Cameroon, and man! one in uh, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. And another in Latvia. Well, hello. So, yeah. We're uh, we're a, certainly a world operation here. Latvian women are very strong. Mm, strong like bull. Anyway, yeah. so we're going to talk about some Christmas things, but before we get into that, i got a couple of observations that I want to talk to you about. Yeah, uh, okay, week. go for it. I know, you, I know you to be an Android man. You are not an iPhone person. I don't have an iPhone. You're an Android fan. You like these exotic phones from well, these weirdo distributors. You know, it's funny you mention that, because I had the original iPhone when the first, very first one came out. Yep. And uh, I switched, and I had been using Androids, but I think I'm going to go back to the iPhone. Yeah. Because I like things very uh, clear and concise, not yes. a lot of frills. Right. So I think I'm going to switch. Like in the bedroom. But anyway, so I know you to be a uh, an iPhone man, as I said. One of the things I noticed this week, mm. and if you have a, one of the newer iPhones, and and it's something, it's not a new feature, I just, I just happened to notice it this week, and you may not even be aware of it. Do you know that when you have an iPhone, um, when you get into your car, it can tell that you just got into your car? How's that? I don't know. And it's spooky, because it'll um, automatically, as soon as you get into your car, it'll say, however many minutes it is. To where you normally go, it like connects to the maps. Oh, automatically. What, like when you start the car? No, like like when you first get into your car. No, I swear to God. So I was I was it, it, here's a couple of things. So number one, I'm afraid. Why is it tracking me? Because mm. it knows where I normally go. It can tell that I'm going there. Oh yeah, it does. And so like for instance, what if I was having an affair? I'm not having an affair. I'm happily married. But what if right. I was? And my wife happened to see that it says, oh, seven minutes to Tiffany's house. Tiffany? She's going to want to know why I'm going to Tiffany's oh, house. Oh, so you've thought about this then. No, I just, I, why does it want to know where I'm going? And how does it know? No. How does it know that it just got in my car? No, but I tell you, that is scary. But I'll tell you what, don't, if, you, if you're listening to this and you went out over the holidays and you're going to purchase, have purchased, or are thinking about purchasing one of those Echo Dots or Echoes or the mm-hmm. Amazon, what are those little, those little, uh, yeah. you know, speaker things you put in your home and the, they connect the Alexa you. Alexa thing. The, yeah, don't get that. 
No. Don't do it. It listens to you. It's listening to everything you do. <laughs> it's going to report you to it's, the authorities. It's making a log of everything. Man, and, uh, not a log. Not that I have a log. Not that kind of log. No. But it's, uh, it's, it's taking down everything that you're doing, you're saying, and uh, yeah, well, creating a giant database. So some big brother type things, but kind of along those lines. Another big story that broke this week, and I feel like we, we would have to mention it mm. on this program. There was a huge disclosure about UFOs yep. uh, that just broke a couple of days ago. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but basically, the the, the gist of it is is that uh, the U.S. government admitted that it had been spending millions and tens of millions of dollars investigating um, UFO claims over the years, sure. over the recent years, and that they take this threat pretty seriously. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this is a quote from uh, Mr. Luis Elizondo, oh. who was previously running the ad- it was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty official to yeah, me. It does, sure does. Yep. So this is the this is the government official that was running this program. This is his quote. My personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. These aircraft, we'll call them aircraft, are displaying characteristics that are not currently within the US inventory nor in any foreign inventory that we are aware of. Things that don't have any obvious flight serv- uh, services, any obvious forms of propulsion and maneuvering in ways that extreme uh, include extreme maneuverability beyond, I would submit, healthy G-forces of a human or anything biological. Mm. That's a pretty compelling statement from a person that's a in government charge. government official. That's in charge of this right. program. Right. He's basically saying, we have no idea what these things are. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and o- over the course of the, the modern UFO uh, history and phenomenon, you know, it would be irresponsible of a government not to be interested in or involved in what's going on agreed you know but but the 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 immediate reaction to most people when they hear this is you hear the x-files theme playing and everyone thinks you're a kooky a kooky pot when actuality most of these a lot of these supposed crackpot people have been right right over these years so you know we we all know that there there is you know definitely some mystery and some uh, interesting unexplained things that occur in the skies there's certainly no doubt about that and there's enough of it and enough reported cases that the government would want to be interested in that now, going back to something we talked about before, do I think that the government is involved in recovering crafts and reverse engineering? I do not believe well, in that at all. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because they, they during this same uh, info dump, they admitted that they do have materials from one of these aircraft. Really? And they don't know what chemical composition it is made of. Mm. So they just... That adds an interesting twist. What you just said doesn't make any sense now. Okay, so... Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so along those same lines... Well, maybe it's Santa. You know, it's an unidentified flying it's object. It's true. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a Santa Claus news story. Let's talk about it. All right. Dateline, Sparta, Wisconsin. <laughs> Santa Claus is in trouble with the law in one western Wisconsin city. Uh-oh. Police in Sparta said they sighted a man. This is Sparta. Dressed as Santa after witness- witnesses told officers he stumbled out of a vehicle, <laughs> approached several children playing in a yard, hugged them, and demanded to know the whereabouts of his reindeer. Hmm. The man was cited for open intoxicants. No way. The driver of the car in which he was riding was arrested for drunken driving. Really? Is there alcohol involved in that story? So there was, yeah. So, uh, you know, he didn't hurt anybody. I wouldn't be surprised if Santa was a boozer. You know, I'm sure there are a lot more shenanigans than booze going on at the North Pole with, uh, you know, the elves. Well, and there's Mrs. not Claus. a lot of females around unless he's into the elf play. Elf, elf play and Claus, Mrs. Claus play. Speaking of Claus, we're going to get to a couple of interesting Christmas stories that have related to Claus. Claws. Like sharpened claws? Yes. Oh. One in particular. Okay. But before we get to that, again, we've known, we've talked about in this show how uh, church, the church, the, specifically the Catholic church or the Christian religion, has co-opted many, many uh, pagan holidays throughout the years right. and made them into religious holidays. Right. Now, we all know that Christmas itself, if, if you're following along, the word Christ is right in it. If it, 
obviously commemorates the, the birth of Jesus Christ, who is considered to be the Son of God by the Christian religion. And that's what the whole modern-day Christmas holiday is based on. However, there's a lot of things uh, that go into that, the modern... Um, iteration of Christmas, if you will, that have nothing to do with Christianity. That's right. And we're not we're not trying to shake anybody's uh, no. faith or foundation and, and belief in, in whatever particular religion that they believe in. But the very basis and foundation of Christmas itself is a paranormal, uh, uh, supernatural event, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, woman has a vision, becomes pregnant yeah. by an act of a spiritual being. Right. Child is born, uh, you know, a supposed offspring of human and deity. So obviously that alone is a paranormal event, but it has its roots in... Uh, the modern celebration has its roots in a past uh, uh, pagan celebrations initially. But, That's right. Yeah. So obviously, the birth of the birth of Christ is is the reason for the Christmas holiday. However, this time of year has always been a uh, celebrated time, not just for Christianity, but well before Christianity, as you just mentioned, for pagan rituals. As a matter of fact, did you know that before Christmas became associated with this time of year, there was a thing called Yule? Sure. Yule. Yep. The the, the Norse tradition, I believe. Not Yule Brenner. No. But Yule. So it was celebrated by Germanic peoples, oh, yep. and it was connected to Norse mythology. Sure. With Odin being the Yule father who led the wild hunt across the sky. Mm. Which I don't know what they're hunting, but that doesn't sound cool. I don't want to be hunted by, by Odin. Uh, Yuletide is about two months long and actually f- roughly falls between November and early January. So the whole holiday season that we that we recognize today sure. was actually... Uh, called Yuletide, Mm -hmm. and in the middle of the Yuletide season was the Festival of Yule, as I said before, related to the Wild Hunt. Absolutely. So uh, going along with the Norse mythology, the the origin of the mistletoe, we all know that the mistletoe you get under the air, you smooch it up a little bit. Yes. So that actually states back to, uh, or traces back to the origins of the Norse, which basically states how their god Baldr Baldr. was killed using a mistletoe arrow by his rival god Hodor while fighting the female Nana. Hodor. Yeah. Hodor. So druid rituals use mistletoe to poison their human sacrificial victim. Yeah. So it has its roots. Uh, you know, and actually the Christian Christian custom of kissing under the mistletoe would later represent the sexual overtones of Saturnalia, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Did you say it was minute. Christian? That's not Christian. No, no, no. I'm saying our tradition oh, of kissing oh, oh, under oh, the oh, mistletoe. I th- oh, I'm sorry. I, I misheard you. Yeah. So let's let's just back up a second, right? Let's so back up. Traditionally, we all know that we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Yes. So, originally in the early uh, Catholic Church, uh, Christians celebrated Easter as the main holiday. Yes. So, they didn't even really celebrate much about the about Christmas. So, the New Testament actually gives no specific date or year for Jesus' birth. The earliest gospel, uh, St. Mark's Gospel, which was written about 65 uh, CE, which is the Common Era, which they use that now. Yeah, CE. Uh, they use BCE and CE instead of... Instead of AD Before and Christ BC. and Anno Domini. Anno Domini... So that begins with the baptism uh, of an adult Jesus. Basically, this suggests that the earliest Christians lacked interest or knowledge of Jesus' birthday. The year of Jesus' birth was actually determined by Dionysus. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, I remember Dionysus. Yeah, yeah. Di- his actual full name was Dionysus Exegus. He was an 80s, uh, he was an 80s singer. And like he was... Synthesizer. Yeah, he was, and he was a Scythian monk. Oh. So he scythed you. Oh, he had a scythe? Scythian. Scythian. However, he calculated that Jesus was born during the reign of Augustus Caesar. The only problem with that is, is, is in Luke 1, 5, that places Jesus' birth in the days of Herod. And Herod died four years before the year in which Dionysus places Jesus' birth. So, so they don't really know. As you can see, there, there is definitely some confusion uh, right off of the bat. So why, why would we use December 25th, you think? Well, it probably has something to do with a pagan holiday. That's if right. Had, if I had to guess. So 
That was uh, that would be Saturnalia, which was oh. a pagan holiday that was going on at the time, okay. like around you know thousands of years ago. And uh, Roman pagans first introduced the holiday of Saturnalia, which was a week long period of lawlessness celebrated between December seventeenth and December. Oh, it's like 25th. the purge. That's right. Oh, you could do whatever you wanted. You could do whatever you want. There was uh, uh, alcohol consumption, sexual uh, kind of like a Saturday night at your house, misadventures, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Nice. Yep. So because of that, you know, the Catholic Church, obviously the early Catholic Church. They don't Church, want that. They don't want that. They wanted to supplant the the pagan holiday of Saturnalia. So what better way to do it than to make Christmas right around that same time? Right? As, as they to, did with Halloween and uh, and All Saints Day. That's right. And uh, So that actually happened around the 4th century uh, when Christians basically, you know, de- declared December 25th as the birth of Jesus and tried to get converts of of the Roman paganism mm-hmm. uh, to their to their side which they did it was successful interesting yeah do you know and what I want to do now is get into uh, a couple of um, interesting things origins of some of the more common thematic elements of the holiday sure candy canes mm. you know where this little confectionery delight comes from I don't know but I, I quite enjoy them yeah According to the widely accepted belief about the origins of the candy cane, it happened way, way back in the day. Wait, I don't know when, but mm. way back in the day. A German priest was having some difficulty getting children to shut up during long church services, especially around Christmas. You ever go to church around Christmas? Oh, it's brutal. It's long and it's hot because it's either hot or cold in mm. there. Yeah. And, and it's, it's tough to sit through. So the children were having a hard time staying, sitting still. So this German priest came up with an idea. He was going to give them candies to shove in their pie holes during the services. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was going to uh, suck on the candy cane till it made a sharpened shiv-like point that and could be stab too. their eyes you out. You can make a shiv out of a candy cane. Yep, definitely. It's very dangerous. He, anyway, he was going to make candies to, sh- to, to give to the children. But since eating in church was considered to be sacrilegious, it is. Do you eat in church? you ever eat in church? Um, I had some, uh, when I was a kid, I used to eat the, what Like they, crackers or what whatever? What do call those little things? The fruit, little, remember those little fruit? Uh, fruit roll-ups? Oh, fruit snacks? Yeah, little fruit the little snacks gummy things. things. Yeah, I love those. Anyway, since eating in church was considered to be sacrilegious, what he did was he bent part of the candies into a hook. So now they resemble the cane or a staff such as the shepherds would have had mm. around the time of Jesus' birth, as you know, according to the story. So now the, the candy had religious significance, so he could hand them out at the church. Mm. So that's where it came from. So supposedly, this carried on below the radar up until around 1847, when a German-Swedish immigrant in Ohio, who liked candy canes a lot and carried the tradition on from his homeland, decided he wanted to string them onto his Christmas tree as decorations. So soon the idea caught on and became quite the fashion, and by 1900, candy canes, which were previously only white, came in red stripes with peppermint and cinnamon flavoring, which mm. they did not have previous to I that. see. So of course it's a it's a tradition uh, popular now everywhere, but it's believed that even the peppermint of the candy, uh, the peppermint flavor, is because it's similar to hyssop, which according to the Old Testament symbolizes purification and sacrifice. Oh, so they did that on purpose. That makes sense. So the candy has religious significance. I see that. Maybe you know what's an interesting uh, a side note to that, which just reminded me of a embarrassing shenanigan that it took place in church one time. <laughs> so when I was when I was a kid, I, I used to go to church every Sunday religiously. You, you religiously went to church? I did. And my mother would make a spectacle of it, which was annoying and your mother, embarrassing. Your mother has a tendency to make spectacles. She couldn't just come in the back door of the church like everyone else. 
<laughs> so you have to come into the side, and everybody's already sitting. Everybody's going to see you. Walk by the altar and sit so, in front. So, you know, a lot of what most people do yeah. is when they enter a church or any other facility, they, they occupy space in the back. Right. Or close enough to the back where, you know, you don't want to you don't want to parade in front of everyone. You don't. Your mother didn't want to do that. No, no. She wanted to go right in the side door in front of everyone and, and announce to the world that she was worshiping. Here God. I am. I'm yes. worshiping. So anyway, there was a... I used to get very nervous at times in church because there was a... Uh, a young lady that went to church as well cool. that I had a ridiculous crush you on as a child. Super, super had the hots, right? Okay. I can still picture her in my mind. Oh, oh. God, she must I wonder be so what she's doing today. nowadays. She's probably overweight and bald. <laughs> anyway. Like you. So I made the mistake one time of bringing a pocket full of action figures into church, unbeknownst to my mother. So what kind of action figures were they? Were they G.I. Joes? Uh, they were similar to G.I. Joes. You remember the, uh, the old... Uh, cartoon mask. Oh, mask, yes. Yes, not not the Rocky Dennis mask. The, no, no, no. Uh, the cartoon a, with the... Uh, it was like an elite special forces unit. That that's they right, had and masks. they had strange vehicles and stuff, yes. and they had different masks. I remember masks. Yeah, yes. so I had the little action figures with me. So I'm sitting in the pew, and then my, my the love of my life walks in, and she and her family get in the pew directly behind me, mm-hmm. right? So now, now I'm really nervous. Now you're nervous. I'm sweating bullets. <laughs> I'm in church. God, I feel like God can see my you're impure thoughts. Like a hooker in church. Exactly. He's seeing my, my mind. In the midst of this, from the kneeling to the standing position at one point, <laughs> a couple of the characters that were in my pocket fell out of my pocket. Uh-oh. One landed on the pew. One landed on the floor. Now what do I do? I don't know. Because she sees them. She sees me playing with toys in church. <laughs> She's never going to want me at this point, right? Well, no. Oh, my God. It was, it was, so what happened? What was, oh, the, resu- man. What was the resolution? Well, she never talked to me ever. And oh. uh, I wonder I, where she is today. Ah, who knows? I should look her up. I should what? Facebook stalk her. Here's one. What about receiving gifts and stockings? Here, oh. Where did the practice of hanging stockings come from, and who doesn't like to leave gifts in ladies' stockings? Do or? you wrap the gifts that go in the stocking? No. I've seen people that do that. No, no, no. no yeah, I've seen no. that. Yep. No, as a matter of fact, as a matter of practice, uh, Santa gifts, gifts that are given by Santa, are not wrapped no matter what. So whether they're in a pile or in a stocking, they're not to be wrapped. That's Santa right. does not have time to be wrapping all these gifts. Right, which is why a lot of the times you see a lot of the the, the wrapping paper is common amongst your parents that's and, right. and the Santa presents. Right, so yeah. Santa, as, as, if any kids are listening to the show, that's how you know if it's a Santa gift if it's not wrapped. That's right. So anyway, as it turns out, this tradition comes to us from Turkey, mm. the country, not the delicious food item. It was said to have occurred about 1,700 years ago in Turkey when the Bishop of Myra, man named Nicholas, yep, ooh, which may become important later, yes, was known all over the well, all over the area for his benevolence and love for children. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. He used to distribute gifts secretly to children at Christmas on Christmas Eve as a surprise for them. But one day, as he was passing a house, he heard a father and his daughters lamenting about their poverty and how they were unable to be married because they could not afford a dowry, which was prevalent in those days. You know what a dowry is? Uh, that's like a uh, uh, you know a, a gifts that are that are you know supposed to be going to someone or something of that well, sort. No, right? so, well, kind of. So. A dowry is when, when a wom- when a woman when a girl actually back in that day was was being uh, uh, groomed for marriage. Right. They would accumulate some wealth. Sure. And that dowry would go to the person who married her. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like a bonus. Yep. If you married someone, they would have a dowry, and, and if you didn't have a dowry, then the chances that you get married would, would go down because I'm no still one... waiting for my dowry, by the way. Yeah. So anyway, they didn't have a dowry. So overcome with pity and sympathy, Nicholas observed. That the woolen stockings of the girls that they had put on the windowsill all dry uh, were empty and, and they were just sitting there. Mm. So he placed enough gold pieces in each one to provide a dowry for them so they could get married. Okay. So that's where the practice of uh, gifts in your stockings come from. I see. That's a pretty good one. That's interesting. 
Yeah, so how about the Christmas tree? Why yeah. is it that we that we purge the forests of their greenery, hmm. drag the the uh, soon-to-be-dead uh, uh, tree into the home? I don't know, but looking out here on, on the uh, pristine acreage of Primrose Village, you can see lots of, of natural Christmas trees. There are a lot of trees, and you know, I almost contemplated going in the wood line and cutting my own tree. Why didn't you do that? Eh, you know, I don't want to uh, hurt any trees. You could unseat uh, uh, a squirrel home. That's something. true. You never know what kind of creatures you're bringing into the home. So anyway, of course, this originates back to pagan times. Again, mm-hmm. I know some of you don't want to believe this. As a matter of fact, you're probably hearing this. You're probably going to get rid of your tree and never do it again. Throw it away. So obviously we talked earlier about the early Christians and how they recruited uh, pagans to to join Christendom. And they also, uh, you know, basically uh, took possession of some of their traditions. Right. So some, pe- you know, some of those pagan customs, they made it into Christianity. So pagans had long worship trees in the forests or brought them into their homes and decorated them, and this observance was adopted by the church. So once again, it was a an old pagan uh, ritual that we adopted in order to entice to religi- pagans to come to Christianity. Religiosity. Yeah. That's right, and of course it evolved from, from there to the modern times that we love and know today. I, interesting. Yeah. You know, we can't have uh, real Christmas trees at my home because of allergies. You, you know, you have a have lot of allergies, don't you? I don't have any allergies. Oh. My, my family has allergies. Okay. Uh, and and they, as a result, I can't have real trees. So we have a fake tree, which I don't particularly enjoy having a fake tree. You don't like the fake tree, do you? No, I like the smell of the tree. Mm. You know, you come home and it smells of forest. It's good. It That's smells good. You know, you always got to remember to water the tree. You yeah, you do, because it it'll dry. grow up like a Roman candle. <clears throat> you know what I miss? No. I miss the old time... Uh, Christmas lights, you know, the old bulbs, the little bulbs. Oh, yes, the ones that heated up and started fires. They heated up, and those. you have to, like, if one of them burns, you got to unscrew it and screw the light bulb in again. Yeah, that, those were, uh, they, they got rid of those for a reason. Yeah, they had those, they always had the big ones that were, like, nuclear. That's how hot they got. Oh, yeah. We're, good are, times. are we around the halfway point of the show? Oh, no, a little bit longer to go. Oh, well, just to tease it then, at the halfway point of the show, we have a Christmas trivia contest where I will test Jay's knowledge of Christmas, all things Christmas-related, uh, and then we will get into... Uh, whether or not he knows anything. Oh, okay. But before we get to that, sure. There's something that I want to talk about that has it, it has something to do with with Christmas, but not really, mm-hmm. and uh, probably in name only. So this is something that I find very disturbing, and uh, again because of the name, it's Christmas related. But beginning around 2013, have you ever heard of the King of Three Kings ritual? Three Kings uh, ritual is that gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then you roll around in it? No. Oh. But beginning around 2013, an interesting and creepy ritual began making the rounds online, as most things do these days. Basically what it is, it's a ritual designed to bring about some sort of uh, visions or conjure spirits. I can't quite tell what the purpose of it is, Mm. but it's a very elaborate, for all intents and purposes, magical ritual that you can find the instructions for online. Is is it a Christmas-themed ritual? No, it's called the Three Kings. Okay, and I'm gonna so get I, think, into I think of the three wise men when you say that. Well, that's because sometimes they were known as the three, three kings of Orienta, bearing gifts we travel so far, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Oh, how about that little that musical interview? That was pretty interview? good, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, came so, out of nowhere. So the three kings ritual has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. So I can't quite tell what it's for, but essentially it's, it's designed to conjure spirits. There's a bunch of steps that you need to take in order to complete the rituals, and I'm not going to list them because there's a lot of them. But essentially, it involves, here's what you do, ready? Mm-hmm. You place a chair in the center of a room facing north. And again, as, as we go through, you're going to note some magical uh, ritual properties to okay. this. So you, put it, you place the chair. You arrange two mirrors on each side of, of, the, of you so that you can basically 
out of the corner of your eye see yourself in I the see. chair. Does that make sense? At, at odd angles. So, yeah. yeah. So now there's three of you. Yep. Okay. At certain time of night, and of course, I think it's three, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to sit in the chair, which is illuminated by a single candle. There's a, can only the only light in the room can be a single candle. Okay. Um, you're also supposed to have a prearranged safety person. Oh. That's either supposed to be there in person or call you on your cell phones. You can have your cell phone with you too. So supposedly at a certain time of night, you sit in the chair in front of the candle. And after a few minutes, something is supposed to happen. You're supposed to start seeing things in the mirrors out of the corner. You're not supposed to look at the mirrors directly. Okay. You're supposed to, to, to um, use your peripherals. Use your peripheral vision. And some pe- here's just some of the things that some people have reported happening. Hearing and seeing strange shapes moving around the room mm-hmm. in different, different forms. Um, one person described it as... Shadows marching to a tune. Oh, people hearing music, people hearing uh, talking that they can't quite decipher in a language that they don't understand. Okay, things like that. Uh, other things people have reported uh, hearing writing, like as you would with a quill. You know, like a oh, writing a like quill, a scratchy kind of sound, like a scratching noise. Um, flat people seeing flashes of their past. Oh. People seeing uh, deeds that they may have done, whether good or bad, in their past. And no drugs are you involved in this at nope. all? No, nope. oh. and. Feelings of either pure joy or abject terror. So okay. either very happy or very sad. And all sorts of weird stuff. You want to get the full instructions, you can find them pretty much. Just put Three Kings Ritual in Google and you'll find it. But okay. what do you make of this? Is this a form of divination? Is it a form of conjuring? Or is it just nonsense? I think it's. It, I think it, it goes much to what we had discussed uh, earlier on with a... Um, you know, anything involving a mirror and darkened, darkened light. You're going to see stuff. You know, it, think about it, right? You're in a darkened room with just some flickering candles going. But we talked about how your brain can also um, play tricks on you and, and it fills in gaps and, and you start to see strange things. Sure. And again, it goes with the preconceived notion idea that we, if you think you're going to see something, just like you walk into a haunted house that you think is haunted, you're going to see haunted stuff. Exactly. Whereas if you don't expect it, you probably won't. That's so right. It, it's just an interesting ritual that people do. And... Uh, I think it's pretty dangerous, too, because even if there's a modicum of truth to any of this... I like that word. Used that last week. I like the word. Even if there's a little truth to it, you probably shouldn't be messing around with these forces that you don't quite understand. You know, the placing of uh, uh, of chairs in certain positions and mirrors and candles. And there's, mm. a, there's a whole bunch of other crap that I didn't mention sure. that, that go into this ritual. But, I don't know, the whole thing seems bizarre to me. It is a little bit strange. You know, who, who takes the time to do that sort of stuff? Uh, well, a lot of people do. I bet there are. You know, there's the, the Bloody Mary ritual. We've oh. talked about that in the yeah, past we have. and yep. all that. Yep. Interesting thing. Okay, good. What do you got? Well, I'm waiting for you to ask me some questions. Oh, are we at the halfway point of the show? Yeah, you know, we can do that. We can. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little nervous. I get nervous about this sort of stuff. You know, I, 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 I know some things. You know, I like answering questions. But when I'm on the spot, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to look dumb because I am dumb. These are pretty easy. Uh, but not really. So what I want you to do is I want you to play along at home. There's five questions that I'm going to ask Jay. I want you to play along at home. And Jay, I want you to think about the question before you answer it because I want the, I want you to give time to the people at home who might want to play this Christmas trivia game. Okay. So these questions have something to do with Christmas or Christmas-related items. I'm listening. Question one. What is the name of Ebenezer Scrooge's partner from A Christmas Carol? Oh, Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge's partner from A Christmas Carol, eh? That would be... Oh, I know this. Yep. I do. What is it? I can't think of it right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm drawing, I'm I'm drawing a blank. It's called... His, his shop was called Scrooge and... 
McDuffie. <laughs> no. Do you want the answer? His name? You're gonna, I'm going to know it as soon as you say it. Jacob else. Marley. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, Jacob I, Marley. I just couldn't think of it. Okay, you're over one. He's related to Bob Marley, by the way. Question two. How many ghosts are there in A Christmas Carol? Uh, three, I believe. What are they? Christmas past, present, and future. You're wrong. There's actually four ghosts. Oh, there's the original... Uh, Jacob uh, Marley is the fourth ghost. That's right. So he sees the Jacob Marley the ghost. Jacob Marley ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, pre, the, the three ghosts. You obviously don't know that play very well. No, I do. I do. That it's, been, it's been many, many, many years. Okay, you're 0 for 2. You know what my my favorite my favorite version of that was the George C Scott one. Yeah, that was a good, well. He's a grumpy old man from from the early eighties. Uh, Patrick Stewart did a pretty good one. Oh no, no. Captain Jean Luc Picard. All right, what do you got? What, Go number next? one. Number one. Not now. Not number on the show. Not on the show. Okay. Okay. Question I feel number, dumb. Question number three. According to the Bible, mm. Mary and Joseph have to travel. For what reason? You know they're traveling, and Jesus is born in a manger. That's right. What were they traveling for? They were traveling for the. Uh, they were going to uh, celebrate the holiday. What they were on the pilgrimage. What holiday would that be? They were pilgrimaging. That's not for correct. Passover. <laughs> That's not correct. No. <laughs> you don't know this one, really? Okay. This is bad. So the, the actual answer was there was a census. Oh, they that's were, right. They were conducting a census and uh, they were trying to avoid the census taker. No, they had to go. You oh. had to actually present yourself. You can't. You can't let the census taker in the house. Don't let him in. No, they want to know how many dogs you have too. No, you don't. You dogs don't, and pets. Hey, here's my public service announcement. By law, you don't really have to tell them anything. They want to come in your house. They want to ask you all these personal questions. I've never had anyone try to come in my yes, house. Yes, yes. For the census. Yep. Really? Uh, back in 2010, it was. So coming up three years, there'll be another one. I think that was a ruse for for you personally because they wanted to see what was in your house. They had some concerns. I was going around pretending to be a census taker. Oh, and they, no one would let you in. And I was no, I was getting in, and I was telling people I had to be left alone in different ra random parts of the house to uh, survey things. <laughs> to be left alone in your <laughs> wife's bedroom. That's right. For just a few moments. Okay, so you're over three. Uh, this is not good. <laughs> Question four: What were the names of the three wise men? Oh, please. You don't know that? Huey, Louie, and Dewey. You don't know the names of the three wise men? They were, they were never mentioned. Excuse me, sir. No, the names were never mentioned. That's not true. The names were mentioned. Nope. Not in Those my of world. you at home who are playing may know this. The names of the three wise men were Caspar, no. Melchior, and <laughs> Balthazar. You didn't know that? No, neither did you. I. That's not true because I have a nativity set at home and Balthazar's head came off. And uh, so it is now in his hands, so it looks like some sort of macabre Halloween decoration. Oh. Because he's holding his own head. So Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Okay. So you're 0 for 4. Now, you, you know what? Wait, you wait till it's my turn to give you some trivia. I can't wait. All right, last question. So you're 0 for 4. You know the very famous, iconic film, It's a Wonderful Life? With Jimmy Stewart. With Jimmy Stewart. You've seen it, right? Everybody, sure. Everyone's seen it. What is the name of George Bailey's guardian angel? The, the angel who... Uh, Gabriel. No. <laughs> His name is Clarence. Oh, come on, man. So you're 0 for 5. You got none right. <laughs> yep. No, that's not good, man. That's not good. You know what? I, I, I think your whole point was to embarrass me here today. Well, and it worked. Before Christmas time. And uh, don't worry. Uh, as you know, uh, revenge is best served cold. Speaking of speaking of embarrassment, I want to talk to you something about something that has nothing to do with Christmas for a moment. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> that's fine. As you know, uh, well, here on the Eon Project, we're big fans of Netflix, as many people are, 
there's lots of interesting things to see on Netflix. Most notably would be, I think, the documentaries. There's lots of documentaries on Netflix. Yep. Some of them are better than others, but it exposes you to a world that you probably wouldn't normally get to see. I watched a documentary this past week that I want to discuss with you. Mm-hmm. And because we're all, we're all fans of the strange and unusual on this show... There's a documentary, and, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it, but you would you be it would be very easy to find. And it's a documentary about the making of the film The Man in the Moon with Jim Carrey. Okay. Uh, you remember you remember this film from a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, he played uh, Andy, uh, what's his name? Andy yeah. Kaufman, Andy the, Kaufman. The controversial comedian right. from the 1970s. Yep, yep. Uh, and so the, the reason that the documentary came about was because during the filming of, and the movie was, I think, 15 years ago, 15, 20 yeah, years a, ago. It was a while ago. It's been a while. They there was a document there was a documentarian that was following around Jim Carrey during the filming, and so this is just coming out now. It's coming out now, and the reason for that is because the studio executives mm-hmm. did not want this footage released. Oh, and the reason is is because of the strange er- erratic behavior. I almost said erotic, <laughs> but the strange erratic behavior of Jim Carrey on the Samsonite? set. Yeah. Led, would lead people to believe that he was certifiably insane. Well, was it? He, yeah, but he's he's a character actor, so he's he's a method actor, and he's that's trying to get into it. And that's why it's interesting to me. So, without giving, I don't want to give away the whole movie to mm. you because it is actually a very compelling film. It's it's interesting to watch. It's difficult to tell if Jim Carrey, because if you know anything about Andy Kaufman, he was a controversial comedian, and most of the time people didn't know if he was joking or not. Right, and that was his whole thing. Yeah, like he didn't like. No one knew quite what he was doing. He would go up on stage and he would sing show tunes and he would sometimes just stare at the audience and he would do this, these crazy things. And people didn't know if he was being serious or not or if he was trying to be funny. Jim Carrey really tried to personify that in the, in the, the making of the film mm-hmm. so much so that he was in character the entire time. And he never left character even when the, even when the cameras were not rolling. Right. So – the the, uh, the the filmmakers and the, the staff and everything like that was starting to get burnt out because the guy would never get out of character. So it was getting old for everybody. It was getting very old. Yeah. And it caused all sorts of, of um, conflict with everyone. As a matter of fact, there was one part of the of the, uh, of the documentary where he got in a, in a fist fight with Jerry the King Lawler. Remember Jerry yes. the King Lawler, the wrestler? Yep. Because uh, Andy Kaufman actually got in a fight with Jerry the King Lawler back in the 70s. Yes. And it it replayed, and you can't tell if he's being serious or not. And it, it, I don't know if you ever want to watch. It's about an hour and a half. You want to spend an hour, hour and a half watching somebody who looks and acts completely insane. Mm. Watch that documentary. I will watch it. And it, I want to. Uh, I'm anxious to hear your take on it. I saw it on Netflix, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch it no. because I can't stand Jim Carrey anymore. Well, it, it, and even the inter- they interviewed Jim Carrey today. Mm. You know, not today, like right now, but in the present day about the film and he's enigmatic about it. He says these strange things about not wanting to carry on with life and mm. he's just floating through space. And he says, and again, you can't tell if he's being yeah, uh, s- sticking with the character or if he's being real or who knows. Yeah. Who knows? But you know what? Uh, interestingly enough, there was another documentary recently called the voyeur. Have you seen this one? Oh Yes. Dude, yes, this was interesting. It was about <laughs> Why don't a guy. You some background about it? Yeah, it was about a, a, a gentleman who had a, a, a strange sexual uh, proclivity, where he was a voyeur. Basically, he uh-huh. liked to peek in people's windows and watch them and see what they were doing and He's stuff. Peeping Tom. So, what better way to do that than to buy a hotel and then retrofit the hotel to be able to crawl around in the ceiling and look at people in their hotel rooms? <laughs> 
So he did this. He had every. He, it was this elaborate. Like something you would do. This elaborate thing, and he would uh, he would go up there and he would look at people in their rooms, and he witnessed all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah. And he actually made contact with a uh, a famous uh, journalist, a mm. guy by the name of Gay Talese. What an unfortunate name. And uh, so Mr. Talese wrote wrote a book about this, and there was a documentary on it, and uh, it was pretty interesting. So. He he bought, he purchased this property with the sole sole purpose of spying on folk. Yes, and he had wives. He had so his first wife would help him with this. So then and then th- whatever happened, I don't know if she died or or they separated and divorced or whatever. She but then he found he, nuts. he found a second wife that, that was into the same that was thing. into it too. And he'd go up there for hours on end, and she'd bring him sandwiches and soda, and he'd just be hanging out up there looking through the grates of people. Well, believe it or not, that's not as uncommon as you would think, because mm. there's been cases in the past where serial killers, like legit insane serial killers, find spouses who are into that too. Right. And multiple times will find that will help them in their crimes, which is bizarre. So speaking of, just quickly, and then we'll get back into Christmas, because mm-hmm. this is not Christmas-themed at all. No. Speaking of strange things that people do, so I found myself the other day at a uh, in a public locker room right and i didn't want to go into the the men's locker room i don't like going in there we've talked about this we have before and i hate beating a dead horse but i have to i have to tell (laughs) i have to tell this to people because if you're one of these people that's doing this you need to stop immediately because it's disturbing to others okay it's disturbing to me so i went into the locker room with the express purpose i was having a i was having a uh gastrointestinal emergency okay those are the worst i you have those a lot i do i do very very delicate uh, system. I do, and uh, some the the smallest things will trigger them, trigger it, right? So I'm <laughs> like running in there, binge eating, <laughs> and I run up to the to the far end of the 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 secluded locker room, right? Because there's again, uh, there'll be nobody there's in more there. More than one? There is. There's a main one oh. on the main level. So there's one for the outcast like yourself. And if you go up to the to the second floor, there's a more of a quiet locker room with one single toilet stall, right? Okay. So you like I, that one because you could be the only one in there. Exactly. Pooping. So I've it. never had an issue in this stall up until t- this po- point. <laughs> so I run up there. I realize that there is somebody in the stall. So I, I kind of, you know, there's like a little crack in the door. So I could k- see a shadowy figure in there. Oh, I'm oh, like, oh, damn. Scary. So I panicked and I immediately turned the corner and went to the urinal, right? <laughs> and you squeezed it off not, figuring that you can. Not in the urinal. So I. I <laughs> no, no, no. Like you, you clenched. I did. I did. So, I okay. had to. So I, I walk away from the urinal. But suddenly the door to the stall opens, and a completely naked man <laughs> walks out from head to toe. What? No, not even any shower shoes you on. you got to be kidding me. No footwear. He was in the, in the he stall? He was in the stall, completely naked. How bizarre. And he walked out, walked by, just walked by the sink like a proud little peacock that he is. He was waiting for you, man. And I'm like, how can I go in there now? You can't. I can't, was I just can't a go naked in there now. In I there. can't. He was completely naked. Who does that? Who, who? <laughs> No idea. I, as I, I think I mentioned to you off the air, but uh, my son and I, my son is a basketball player, and so we go to the the YMCA, the local YMCA, to practice basketball a couple times a week. Uh, and I won't let him go into the locker room anymore mm. because I don't want him seeing. There's always a naked old man in there, <laughs> just standing there, yeah. wanting everyone to see him. Mm. He's not not dressing, not actively dressing, not talking doing, to people. No, just standing there. And and there's sometimes more than one. I saw a hairy man in there. Look like a look like a uh, something out of Lord of the Rings. He was covered with hair. Yep. And he's just naked as a jaybird, wandering around. Talking about uh, he's trying to get people's best beef stew recipes. So I don't let him go in there the anymore. News. I go in there yeah. and I put our stuff in the, in the locker and I walk out and I keep my eyes averted the yeah, entire time. Yeah, like, you have to. It's ridiculous. So speaking of that. Let's go back to Christmas. Why don't we do that? So, where does the modern the modern uh, 
you know, the modern theme of Christmas, the modern look of Santa Claus, the mm-hmm. modern traditions of Christmas, where do those originate? I don't know. Let's look into it. You ever heard of Thomas Nast? Uh, yes, the famous publisher. Yeah, he was a uh, uh, you know, was a cartoonist, a caricaturist, lived in the 1800s. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, cartoonist, not publisher. So uh, he went and you know read the the famous Night Before Christmas poem, mm-hmm. and he came up with the uh, the modern look of Santa Claus that came out of his imagination back in the 1800s. So, so what did it look like before that? We don't know. And you know, it's v- varying. You know, they didn't. Ha- I don't think they had a specific uh, look to, to old Saint Nick. So Thomas Nast came up with the fatness and the glasses and the, and the, the jolly uh, old man with the uh, the red suit oh, and all that stuff. Okay, that that's exactly right. Yep, interesting. So or, yeah, go ahead. Sorry if you had something. Oh, to was say. It, no, wasn't wasn't it also popularized by the Coca Cola Corporation? Yeah, they took that and ran with it basically. They, they yeah. So uh, and for for many years, I don't know if they still do it, but Coca Cola used to have Santa Claus as their their ad around the holiday right. season. So really, um, the you know the the raucous the raucous pagan event continued for many many years up until the 19th century, and that's when Americans began to embrace Christmas more what along along the traditions. You just had a weird swallowing. That's, talking about uh, that's a reverse gastro weird incident. swallowing event. So the Americans reinvented Christmas, uh, changed it from a raucous carnival holiday into a family centered uh, the family centered event that it is today. I like it better like this. I, I like the family aspect of it. Not a big fan of pagan rituals. I guess Washington Irving had a big hand in, uh, huh. in, you know, in the way that we celebrate Christmas today. What did Washington Irving do? He did. He, you know, he basically came up with the modern, uh, you know, sitting by the fire and putting the old stockings up there, and uh, you know, painting painting the ver- the visual picture of Christmas. Also created the uh, legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, headless horseman. Another good early '80s movie with Jeff Goldblum was in that. You, did, you like the, Crane. did you like the Jeff Goldblum movie or the Johnny Depp version that came out uh, in the uh, early 2000s? Uh, little uh, theatrical secret. I hate Johnny Depp and anything that he does. <laughs> so there you go. Theatrical secret? It's not a secret. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, one of the, actually, you're talking about pagan things. Something that gains some popularity and, and was, was very famous back in the Middle Ages and, the, and, uh, and later out in Europe, in Eastern Europe. It's now becoming more and more popular in the United States and has something to do with a originally pagan idea. Mm-hmm. We all know that Santa Claus brings gifts and toys to children who have been behaving all year. Mm-hmm. What about kids that don't behave? With our mean and nasty little children. You get coal in your stockade. Tra- yeah, tradition holds that Santa still visits them, but he leaves them coal instead of gifts. It's like, a you know, hey, next year do better, you know, yep, this yep. year you get coal. However, in Eastern European tradition, kids behaving badly may have been visited by Krampus. Which was a half man, half goat, half demon dude. Which isn't is, that what happens to your wife once ha- a month, and she gets really pissed at you? That's three halves. I said half, oh. half goat, half man, half human. Okay, or demon, but uh, he's pretty big, so that, that explains why. So he can do many things to kids during the Christmas season. This Krampus guy, mm-hmm. including leaving bundles of sticks for kids as gifts, to whipping kids with the sticks. Are they Chinese sticks? Nope. Okay. He or he could whip you with the sticks. Or he could kidnap you by throwing you in a bag and then throwing the bag into a river or even taking you to hell for a year. Wasn't there a, a, a horror movie uh, about this? As a this? matter of fact, there was. Mm. So it sounds like uh, fun times, I guess, getting hit with sticks and thrown in a bag. Yep. You know, some people pay extra for that. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's, these are kids, so you know it's not the same thing. Strangely, some traditions hold that Santa and Krampus actually travel together as kind of an odd couple. So like if they pass oh. by a house that someone is nice in, yep. they'll go in there and they'll get gifts. But if they pass somebody who's a bad house, then Krampus goes in there and, and gets you. So they like the the Tony Randall. That's right. Uh, who was the other half of that? Tony Randall and um, the guy that played Quincy. What was his name? Jack Klugman. Yes, Tony Randall, Jack Klugman. In any of case. Christmas. 
As yep. the origins of Krampus, no one's sure exactly, but Krampus actually predates Christianity and stems from Norse and Alpine traditions and Germanic paganism. Mm-hmm. But these days, there are Krampus balls, Krampus parades, Krampus oh. movies. So people run- get into this then. Oh yeah, they dress up like the legendary beast and they parade around, you know, with their their uh, outfits on. They look like they're kind of scary. It's, if you ever see a picture of Krampus, look at it. It's scary, mm. and it, I'm sure that it was designed as a way to scare kids into compliance and scare them into being good. Sure. Because, you know, it's negative reinforcement, <laughs> which works sometimes. You know, and that goes that goes back to, uh, you know, some biblical tie-ins as well, because um, I might offend some people with this, but just like Santa Claus, how how, how do you, you know, people threaten their kids with, oh, Santa's not going to come if, or, you're, if you're naughty. Or the elf on the shelf. So it's basically trying to keep kids in line. It's which, the same principle. Which doesn't really work. The Bible is the same way. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stories that they tell, right? Sure. Try to keep people in line. Well, people have to know that there's some sort of consequence for their actions. That's right. And that's what keeps people, well, that's what keeps society in line. Why do you think, why do you think jails exist and... And the criminal justice system is to prevent you know, people from doing crimes. I would disagree with that. I think I think most people that don't commit crimes don't commit crimes because they're good people and they just don't have the. the I, I would say that a fair percentage to that a fair fair percentage of the population would commit crimes if there were no prisons and there were no consequences for their actions. I don't know about that. Well, I think, you're wrong. I think people that are jerks are just jerks. No, that's true. But I think that some people are held in line by consequence. So, how about some true Christmas ghost stories? That on, sounds interesting. On Christmas Eve night. 1978. Where were you doing then? I was two. At about 3 a.m., a gentleman... Why does everything happen at 3 a.m.? His name was Frank. Frank! And From the door <laughs> store? Uh, no, but this is a different Frank. Oh. In Klamath Falls, Oregon. Oh, not much going on in Klamath Falls. Was suddenly uh, aware and awakened by a choir singing. The house was new construction, miles from the nearest church. Uh-oh. He strained to hear any words that he could understand... Or a tune that he could identify. So he could he heard this, but he couldn't understand or identify it. It was kind of like, uh, you know, oh. in the distance. Yep. He couldn't understand the language either. Interesting. So Frank got a feeling of angelic exaltation. Okay. Reverence and gladness of heart. So he had a... a he was a, very happy. He was. He, he heard this. He had a, a, a euphoric was, sense about him. It was inspiring. It was truly a heavenly choir lifting their voices on high, singing Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. What's a Hosanna? Uh... Isn't that what people put on their legs, the females? They put the hosanna on? That's uh, hosiery. hosiery. I think hosanna, oh. ho- hosanna wears the hosiery at the local gentleman's establishment. I don't like the name hosanna. They were singing in an unknown tongue uh, without accompan- accompaniment. That's so, a tough word to say. Acapella. Of, of instruments. So Frank examined the television, but it was turned off. He w- checked the radio. Of course, that was turned off as well. So he explored outside in his underwear. <laughs> as they often do. But the singing was not heard outdoors. He could only hear in his home. Interesting. Yep, that's right. So they kept hearing this over and over again. Countless men. I thought that was the end of the story. No. Men, women, and children singing in perfect harmony. It lasted for about 10 minutes. Then Frank woke up with a hangover. I was going to say that. that (laughs) No, I'm kidding. That last part wasn't true. But uh, so he reported this. He didn't know where the singing was coming from. Who did he report it to? The police? Yeah, yeah, everyone. I hear singing out my house. He reported it to somebody because I got it off the internet. That's what's wrong with me. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any Christmas ghost stories? Um, No. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, you know what? I, I think I went through everything that I wanted to talk about with regard to Christmas. So Terry's mother passed away three years ago. Who's Terry? Terry uh, Johansson. Oh. They were very close. But last Christmas Eve, Terry went to bed and woke up and the phone was ringing. Okay. She answered it in a voice that was very familiar to her said, hello there. Hello. Just like that. <laughs> it was her mother's voice. However, her mother was dead. I thought Terry was a boy. The line had a static noise and it sounded to cut in and out. Heaven does not have a good phone reception, No, there's apparently. no good wiring. She said, 
This can't be you, Mom. You're dead. And Mom said, Oh, come on now. Of course I'm dead. <laughs> she sounded a bit agitated, and then they were cut off. So, where are you getting these from? Wait, this is, there's more to this story. Oh, I thought, I thought we were done with Terry. No, Terry's 16-year-old daughter was sleeping in the next room and also heard the phone ring that night. Terry knew it was her mother's voice because she has a Norwegian accent, and it was very, very distinct. How does a Norwegian accent sound? I want you to try. Okay. How does a Norwegian accent What, what do you want me to say in Norwegian accent? I want accent? you to say, uh, I want you to say, where is the library? Where is the library? <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> How was that? That was all right? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. So that's that's uh, just a couple of Christmas ghost stories there. You know, they always say uh, there's a Christmas song and it says, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas. What, what song is that? What scary ghost stories? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, oh. That's the... Uh, so that's the lyrics to that? You know what I have a problem with? Uh, Christmas carols. Mm. When you listen to the radio, you know, my kids love Christmas and they start listening to Christmas songs around Thanksgiving. So sure. by now, yeah. we're just tired to Sick death of it. it. Finished. There's only about 15 Christmas songs and okay. they just keep rehashing them in different versions. <clears throat> you so know, you keep hearing the same song exactly. over and over and over again. You know, I have a problem with that because every everybody wants to sing the Christmas song. Everybody. Every artist wants to do a Christmas album, a Christmas, Christmas album, song. yes. I heard one the other day. Yep. It was Hark the Herald, which is a classic, obviously. Yes. Sung by none other than... The Jewish Elvis, Neil Diamond. Neil the Why is he Diamond. singing a Christmas song? Shouldn't he be singing a Hanukkah hand, song? Hand, touching hand. That sounds just like him. Maybe he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey, what's your, so what was your, as a kid, or mm-hmm. growing up, or even now, Yes. what was your favorite Christmas movie? Famous Christmas, uh, uh, Television or, or theatrical? Um, I think that the fa- my favorite Christmas movie or show, I think, was the original how the Grinch Stole Christmas with mm. Boris Karloff doing oh. the, the narration. Yeah. I really like that one. It's kind of worn out over the years, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that was probably my favorite. How about yourself? I think my favorite of all time was uh, going back to 1988. It was a uh, made-for-television movie. It was called A Very Brady Christmas. <laughs> and for me... Did this... it have the original cast? Well, I'm going to get to that in a oh, second. Okay. So for me, this was this was great. Because I grew up on the Brady Bunch. Of course. Seeing them as children, and I, I related to them. And then for many, many years, they were lost to, uh, they were a mystery of the universe, right? You had the hots for Marsha. Nobody ever saw them. They all went their separate ways. They all had drug problems. They all had alcohol problems. Wasn't sexual the father deviancy. a sexual deviant? Too? He was. He died of AIDS. Oh. Old Mike Brady. Mike Brady. So anyway, that came out in 1988. It was so awesome to see them all grown. They, they were, were all grown up. All grown up. Greg had a huge mustachio. Oh. Uh... The only problem was that Cindy was the only not original character. She was uh, originally played by Susan Olsen on the show. What happened to her? Uh, she couldn't make it. I guess <laughs> she couldn't she make had, it. What else was she doing with her life? She, she had make some it? other commitments apparently. <laughs> and but she was the Cindy character was played by some charlatan. Oh no! By the name of Jennifer Runyon. Oh no! They just picked up off the street corner, I guess. Somebody who looked like Cindy, I guess. <clears throat> Cindy was annoying anyway, and probably probably the the e- most easily replaced character. Well, wait a minute. Here's a here's a burning question. Mm. What about Alice? Who played Alice? Alice played Alice. Oh, she was still kicking. She was. She didn't die up until uh, just recently, I think. I didn't know that. What was her name? Um, Alice. Yeah, no, the actress. No, name. I, don't, I don't remember. And something or other. And in in Harris Harris. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, sounds, that sounds familiar. So you know. Uh, yeah, so I, I liked that a lot. It was it was cool to Very see. Very Brady Christmas. Yeah, and then they had a few. How Marsha look? I I'll tell you what. I was like Marsha. She wasn't. She wasn't too bad. You know, in in one of the re- one of the remakes of the the Brady Bunch films, uh, Marsha is played by uh, the very attractive actress 
Christine, what's her name? Christine yeah, Taylor. She, she married the Ben Stiller, right? Yeah, Christine Taylor. I think they may have been divorced, which is which is good news because she's she's, she's available for she's you now. Available. Okay. So Christine Taylor, if you're listening, yeah, because they, they had that Hollywood uh, spoof version of the Brady That's Bunch. Right. That was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. That was funny. I don't know if I could be married to Ben Stiller. He seems like kind of annoying. So we're talking about Christmas songs too. What's your favorite Christmas song themed song? Delving into the brain of Mike. Oh, my favorite Christmas themed song. You're gonna laugh at me because I'm not an emotional person. Do you know me to be an emotional person? I do actually. Uh, no, so it's the the grown up Christmas list song sung by Michael Bublé. Okay, uh, which speaks. How does it go? Let's hear. It, it speaks of world peace mm. and friendship and goodwill towards men. Yeah, I find it to be an inspirational song. Uh, more, more along the lines of what the uh, Christmas holiday is supposed to be about, rather than commercialism. So, what happens when you when you hear this song? Do you I get excited? Do you stop the car because you're crying in your Cheerios? Or how does no, that that's huh? that's when I hear the orchestral maneuvers in the dark tune uh, from the 1980s, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a very it's a breakup song. You okay. know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, you do. No, it's a Christmas song. No. Oh, it's a it's a 90 it's an 80s pop song. Oh. Anyway, you gotta, I'm going to have to find, that, find bring that back for that. Maybe we, can, maybe we can produce an acoustic version of it. So I played my favorite song just a few weeks ago, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, that would be Christmas in Hollis by the Run, by Run DMC. <laughs> Run DMC. That came out in 1987. Actually, was uh, was produced by Rick Rubin fame, uh, of, of Beastie Boys fame. Rick Rubin, you know. Oh, the, Rick uh, Rubin. I thought, his, I thought his name was Rick Rubin fame. <laughs> That's what you just said. No, no. He has a huge beard now. But no, that was, uh, that was great because back then I was into the Run DMC and uh, Jam Master J. I loved them. Yeah, you like the Fat Boys too, if I recall. I love the Fat Boys. And yeah, what happened to them? They all uh, died. They all, of they all died. Related yep. illnesses, cardiac events. Oh. Tragically, unfortunately for them. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our Christmas episode here. We are. And uh, what I want to do is, uh, is, and what we both want to do, and we haven't discussed this before. We want to send a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have made this first year of the Eon Project program so successful that the future's so bright. We got to wear shades. That's right. You know, we've we've been contacted by uh, many Hollywood types. Uh, wanting us to, uh, you know, do something for them and uh, do something for them, not not necessarily uh, <laughs> uh, on the up and up. Yeah. But. So, and you know, going forward into the new year, obviously, uh, you know, any uh, listener suggestions, so show suggestions, or comments, or just goodwill wishes, we would, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at the Eon Project. That's T H E E O N Project at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook, where we have recently, both on Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook, released. A holiday selfie. That's right. Uh, which shows our angelic faces. That's right. For, for the world to see. And uh, if you like that, send us a note. It came out good, I thought. And, yeah, uh, you know, we look good. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it looked nice and ro- rotund for the holidays. So, what do we have on tap for the next year? For the next year of the Eon Project? Well, like we said, we're going forward with, uh, you know, many interesting things. Yeah, we don't and, know uh, what they are just we're yet. We're going to put some, some new, uh, new projects together as well. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Songs. More songs. We love songs. Knowledge. More knowledge. I gotta, trivia. I have to uh, study up on my trivia. And that was, you know, an embarrassing <laughs> performance by me. Over five. Over five. you know, I, I actually know a lot of stupid shit, uh, stuff. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> and uh, I, I did terrible today. So yeah. well, I, that was that came up. Uh, I, I was not warned by, by that. Anyway, just, but uh, no, that's all right. I'll get Mike back on that one. Okay. okay? Okay. All right. So until next time, the truth exists. Thank you.